You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Hello and welcome to Orange County's longest running business talk show. I am your host, Rick Franzi, and we're going to have a fantastic show today. Why do you ask? Because Alec Torelli is our guest. He is the founder of Conscious Poker. Alec, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me here, Rick. Appreciate it. It's amazing what you've built and what you're doing. I'm grateful to be here. Well, we're excited to have you on the show. Let's start with you as an entrepreneur and the motivation or inspiration that caused you to start Conscious Poker? It's a great question. Poker is a zero-sum game. For every winner, there's a loser. And so I think doing that full-time for a very long time has the tendency to feel like you're going in a circle a little bit to some respect because nothing's being created, nothing's being built. Of course, you can be an inspiration through being a high performer in your field and other people being inspired by your talents and ability. But I really felt this need to like want to, to build something and share something. And in particular, I was very motivated by all of the things that I had learned in poker that I could then apply to other facets of my life in decision-making, uh, investing, and whatnot. And so I really wanted to be able to share and communicate those lessons. And so, of course, I put those two things together, and I felt like the best way to do that was through the business world. Um, when you have a business and it does well, you could expand and grow and serve more people. And if you could teach them something of value that they can learn, that they want to learn, and then you could sprinkle in things that you believe are very important and valuable as a lesson, that could be a great model. And so I started a poker training site and I called it Conscious Poker because I wanted people to make more informed, aware, and conscious decisions because I believe that's a huge component of one's ability to thrive in the poker world. You have to be very conscious in the sense of like how much money you are going to risk in any one given game. You have to be conscious of whether or not you have an edge in the game that you are playing. You also have to tame the ego, be you know, not only self-aware, but also uh, humble and modest to be able to always be striving to improve as well. And so I was very motivated by that mission in the poker world. And so uh, I really am passionate about helping people improve their ability of their decision-making through the game and the lens of poker. So let's talk about what it is that conscious poker does. Like, who are you helping? What problems are you solving? And why are people choosing to work with you through conscious poker? That's a great question. So I think what we do differently than a lot of the other sites that offer poker training, because there are others and they do, they do great things as well. A lot of them serve the professional market. So they're basically serving a small niche of the market, maybe 3% of the people that play poker are professionals or 3% or 5% are winning players, some small niche. And so wow. it's, it's a small part of the overall market. Whereas what we're doing is we're, we're much more focused on the people that play poker on the side as a hobby. So mm. while the profile, and I don't want to speak for all the competitors, but in general, while the profile of a normal training site, their target demographic is a person who plays poker professionally, our target client, our ideal customer, the people we're trying to serve are people that play poker recreationally. So these fall into different categories. Most of them are ex-athletes and they love that high level of competition, mm. but they can no longer do that in a sport because you have an expiry date. You're, you know, 35 <laughs> years old, you're washed up. I'm 36, <laughs> but believe me, I'm saying this humbly from, you know, understanding the point of view, like, you know, it's different being 20 and 36. You have a glass of wine, you feel it, right? But at poker, you know, Doyle Brunson, um, the legend, RIP, uh, passed away in his 80s. He played poker competitively, you know, until the very end. You can do that, right? You see 
mental sports like investing. You see Ray Dalio and his uh, aging, Charlie Munger, Warren Buffett. Poker's the same. These people are competing at the high intellectual level in their 80s and 90s at their given discipline. So we serve the senior market of people that want to feel young. They want to stay mentally sharp. They want to not have cognitive decline. They want to compete at the level that they comp competed at when they were young. And maybe they're retired or maybe they run a business and they're used to winning at everything they're doing and they're obsessed with the process and they want to find a hobby that challenges them uh, personally and challenges a lot of the facets of their own character. And they kind of level up their character through the game of poker because it has all these things that you either have to learn to, to improve aspects of yourself or you suffer by losing money and pride. And so we serve that, I would say, amateur market, serious casual recreational player, but that's like a serious amateur that wants to win. Maybe these players are winning players. They're actually making money, but they're not doing it as their number one thing in life. It's their number two thing in life. And so we teach a combination of strategy. In other words, how to tactically improve at the game of poker, how to be better at playing the game of poker. But we also teach people how to be better poker players. And that comes from managing their business plan, their goals, their finances, and their character, their mental game, their, their, you know, personal self, um, being more aware of the decisions they're making, when to play, when not to play, which games and stakes are right for them, when to move up and down in limits, all the other intangibles of dealing with the poker side as well. So it's really a holistic approach and it's serving that, frankly, underserved, but larger portion of the market. So when you launched Conscious Poker, did you have any pivots in the early stage of the business model, any adjustments that you had to make to the value proposition or your target audience? Oh yeah. Everything in like, I had an idea of how I wanted things to look and work and this is what we were going to do. And this is how we were going to structure it. And this is how we were going to sell it. But over the years that has evolved a lot. And I think almost anyone that runs a business will tell you that the first idea they had is really the last idea that they're selling. If they're <laughs> in business long enough, that's a very common thread. I'm sure yeah. a lot of your listeners are kind of seeing that is transcends the industry that we are talking about. And so I remember that I set out a business plan and I thought this was how it's going to work. And this is the price point we were going to sell it at. And this is who we were going to sell it to. And all those things change and evolve over time. And I think that's not a failure. This is an important distinction. That's not a failure. That's a sign of progress and growth. So if your business is the same on day one as it is in year six, which is where we are, that's a sign that you kind of haven't progressed. And we have this saying in poker that if you look back on your previous self and how good you were six months ago and you don't think that you sucked six months ago, it means you haven't improved. Hmm. And so in the same way, I think not that the, the business model always has to change because sometimes you find what works and it sticks, but most people don't find what works in day one month one, year one. So typically if you're in the starting out stage and you look back six months ago and you have a different business model, that's probably a sign that you figured out what doesn't work and you're one step closer to figure out what's working. At least for me, that has been very true on my journey and it's a continual process. So one thing I'm aware of now is that I'm never at the finish line. It's always an iteration. There's never perfect. There's just a better iteration of the past. And so I'm always trying to understand, okay, this is working better than what was working, but what's working better that we are not doing. And so that awareness now has changed the way I approach business. Um, and it's it's made it more fun. It's made it more of a competitive game like poker where you never play perfect. There's always another level and you're always just trying to level up your character. So this is super interesting. Is Conscious Poker a subscription model or what's the business model underlying the platform? Yep. Great question. So we have a we have coaching. So we have private coaching, of course. Uh, we have group coaching format as well that's 
works in conjunction with some of our products. So you take a course and to supplement that course, you have oversight from, from me or a coach or someone that's overseeing your journey through a live group coaching lesson while you're taking the course or the program. So the course has a curriculum. I think one thing that separates what we do and what we do, I think really well, is that the learning is very, very structured. So one of the problems and the pain points that people have when they're trying to learn any new skill, especially poker, but any new skill, is there's too much information. In the past, information was valuable in the sense that it wasn't democratized. There was a very limited amount of it. And even a decade ago, 15 years ago, there wasn't a ton of information on every subject across every single medium. Now we have the opposite problem. There's too <laughs> much information on a given subject. It's actually so overwhelming that if you audit your own mental thought process about the last time you wanted to learn something, I bet at some point you felt an, a feeling of stress or anxiety or, or procrastination about right. learning because you knew how big the undertaking was, right? If you want to look at what are the best investments to make today, it is an endless rabbit hole. And so what people need is not more information. They need structured information and they need it in the order that they need to learn it. So you meet the client where they are at. And mm. so what we do very well is we have a structured learning program. So they log into our platform, they buy our product, they log into our platform. They don't have to think about what to do. They just literally click the first link in the first module and the first video. And they do that until they've finished all the videos. And then they're done. There's a worksheet attached to each one. There's a PowerPoint, there's a video, there's a transcript. And it's, it's very simple to digest the information in the order that it needs to be presented for them to learn the skill they need to learn. And in conjunction with that, we have you know private coaching, we have group coaching, we have um, a community with thousands of people across the world that they can plug into on a daily basis, get feedback from myself, other coaches, other members, our moderators, and get support from other people that they need. All our products though are purchase once, access for life. So that's our current model. Hmm. I, we've experimented with subscription models. You've asked about, um, I wouldn't even call it a failure. You've asked about adjustments we've made in our business. Pivots. We've had a subscription model in the past, but we instead replaced that with a purchase once, access for life. You have all the content, you have all the updates, uh, every new iteration of content you have access to. And so buy one, buy once, no hidden fees, nothing like that. Just you're done for life. So that's our current model right now. So you really are building a community then of like-minded individuals focused on learning to improve their game of poker playing. That's what it is. Yeah. And I think it's, it's interesting to have um, people from every, you know, poker's a great game because people from all walks of life play poker. So you get people right. from all, you know, social ethnic backgrounds, you get people from all races, ethnicities, men and women play poker. It's mostly men, obviously, but like, you know, women play poker. There's women in our community. You get, you know, college kids aspiring to play as a side hustle so they can have financial freedom to retired seniors that want to play to stay mentally sharp. So you get all right. of those people across all the spectrum. And then there's kind of like micro communities within the community. But yeah, it's really cool to get people that are all passionate about the game. And then, like I said, we serve that specific niche of the audience. So we're kind of a niche within a niche. And so that creates this group sort of feeling of like-mindedness. And then we have various programs. So depending on what someone wants to learn, it's very likely they're going to be in the same group or state of mind as someone else that's taking that same product. For example, we have a poker business program that teaches people how to turn poker into a side hustle. And so it's really focused on the intangibles of the game. Again, we have a strategy project that's, that's project that's focused on how to play poker, but we have another product that's focused on how to be a better poker player, which is really focused on the business plan side of things. It's the only course of its kind that exists yeah. that I know of. And so all those people that take that course want to turn poker into a business. They want to make it a side hustle. And so they're all coming together from the same place. 
and working together towards a common goal. And that's very powerful. So we've talked about um, the pivots that happen in business. There's a lot of things you can plan, but until you get on the field and actually do something, there's only that's sometimes the only way you learn. So I'm wondering, are there secrets to success in playing poker? And if so, could you share a couple of what you found, Alec? Well, I guess the first the first secret is that just manage your expectations in the sense that like every game is very complex games like business, poker, entrepreneurship, investing. They're very easy to learn and they're very hard to be a master at. And so you have to go in with this approach of humility and understanding that it's a lifelong process and there's always another level. And that's just a mindset shift to go into when you're learning these complex disciplines. That said, there are some things you can do to expedite that learning process. Of course, you can do it the hard way or the easy way, so to speak. So um, in poker specifically, if you're looking for like a hack, let's say, of how you can improve faster, you can accelerate that learning process. You want to focus on your fundamentals. You want to focus on the decisions you make the most often, which is your starting hand selection. So you think about you get dealt two cards. What are you going to do with those two cards? Are you going to play them? And how are you going to play them? And that's the decision you make every single hand, whether or not to initiate playing the hand to begin with. And so making that decision that you're put into every single hand you play over and over again through a lot of repetition, making that decision well and focusing on that baseline decision is very important. I'll give you an analogy. If you play chess, it's tantamount to understanding your opening strategy, not only your first move, which is just your opening, your e-pawn or your d-pawn, but your, your opening game. Are you going to play a Sicilian game or a French defense? You know, like which style of chess are you going to play? And mastering those first 10 moves will help set up your pieces for the rest of the game. That'll make a lot of your other decisions downstream a lot easier. And so in the same way in business, you know, you want to have your legal docs in order, you want to have your business structure set up correctly, et cetera. You want to do that in poker as well. You want to have your starting hand selection set up very well, and you want to play the first round of betting very well. And that's like a very important framework to kind of keep in mind. So that's kind of where we start everyone when they come into our programs or if they read my book, The Poker Coach, it's like, hey, this is the first decision you make. This is how to make it and start at the basics. I'm learning just from listening here on Critical Mass Business Talk Show. Thanks, Alec. I clearly have a command of the subject of competitive poker. Uh, you have a YouTube channel. And as an entrepreneur, I'm wondering, how has the YouTube channel impacted your business? It's been really uh, interesting because it's one of those things that's extremely hard to quantify. And it's also a thing that benefits from logarithmic progression. So in the beginning, uh, it's not a linear growth pattern. In other words, it's not like day one, you're at point number one, day two, you're at point number two, and day 10, you're at point number 10. For the first 10 days, you're at point number one. So you have to put in a lot of work and it seems like nothing is happening. And most people quit <laughs> before they reach that right. point of an exponential bell curve where it's called the elbow, where it turns upward and it goes straight up. Okay, so most people quit before that exponential point because that point usually takes about a year or two while you're speaking, you're sharing ideas, you're talking, you think your, your ideas are great, you think your content's great, you're putting a lot of work into it, right? You know you're a master at your craft, but nobody else knows and nobody else cares. And there's a million other people that are doing what you're doing and some of them are better than you. So you have to compete with all those people in the free market and get other people to listen to what you have to say and you have to teach them something and you have to learn how to be a teacher, not just an expert in what you're doing. That's very hard and it takes a long time. And it also takes time for the compounding effect of your network to grow. 
Most people quit before that point. So they never reach the point that I'm going to talk about now, which is the exponential growth, where you have all the benefits that come from that. So I've reached that point of the exponential curve because I've been doing this since 2013. And I was one of the first people on YouTube to start creating content about teaching others how to play poker. So I was not thinking when I was starting a YouTube, I didn't go in there with a business plan of how I wanted to monetize my business. I didn't even have a business. I didn't even have a product. I didn't have anything I was selling. I just wanted to help people get better at poker and share my life story and my journey and help other people make better decisions through the game that I loved and learned so much. So one of the things I would argue that was a benefit of my starting a YouTube was my business. It wasn't the other way around. I have nothing against people that have a business and they want to augment it through YouTube. I think that's a great idea. If you already have a business, 100% go on YouTube. I didn't even have a business. So <laughs> I would argue that my business was a byproduct of my YouTube. I started a business because I mean, I, I had the mission that I told you, and that was largely an accentuation of the mission that I already had on YouTube. But YouTube came before the business. So hmm. I started a business. I wrote a book, an ebook, and I started coaching because I got hit up on YouTube day after day of people that said, hey, I love what you're teaching. I love the way you teach. I want to learn from you. Do you offer private coaching? And I said, okay, sure, I'll, I'll coach. This is what I think my hours, hourly is worth. As my YouTube brand grow, grew, as I became better at poker and, and more well-known in the poker world, obviously you could raise the value that you're offering to other people through your products, your services, and your, your time. So that all grew as well. But that's not where it ended, right? That's like the things that you could even predict, right? If you were starting a business right now and you said, hey, I want to grow YouTube, the things I'm telling you right now are probably possible things that you would consider. But there's a lot of things that happened that are at that exponential point of the bell curve that I would never even have imagined. So I went to lunch today. I'm in Italy right now. Went to lunch today with someone that um, I was biking through my city. Someone noticed me in my city. They noticed me and they reached out to me on social media and they said, hey, let's go to lunch. I want to take you to lunch. I said, sure. They came out, they bought me lunch. It turns out they're in um, the business world. And one thing led to another. They're, they're a poker player as well, but they're also in the business world. And one thing led to another, and it turned out that we might be going into a business partnership together. Has nothing <laughs> to do with poker, this business. He <laughs> likes poker. He follows me, watches all my content, respects what I've done, and wants to go. I got the meeting for him to go into business with him because of my YouTube brand. That is something I would never have dreamed or expected could ever have happened. And I've had, I have a lot of stories like this. I have dozens of stories like this, of things that are completely um, seemingly coincidental, but that have been right. sort of a byproduct of the luck of building a brand of YouTube. So I would say that the, the growth is exponential, but you have to get to the exponential point of the bell curve because otherwise you're going to be at zero. So it's either one of those things that you should either not do, which is fine. I totally respect that. There's nothing wrong with that. Or you should commit to doing for three years so that you reach the exponential point of the bell curve and reap all the benefits where all the asymmetry is. Otherwise you shouldn't do it. You should not be anywhere in the middle or be half pregnant. Look at you. You've been here since 2009. You have the longest running podcast. I'm sure you have a million stories of all these crazy things that happen that you would never even have thought have happened that are serendipitous. And so you've been here a decade, you know, you put in the work. And so that's the message I would say that precedes the you know opportunities that come. Yeah. Cause you couldn't divine if you were sitting, writing a business plan that one of the uh, unintended consequences of doing a doing a YouTube channel for as long as you have is that some guy in a city that you're part-time living in would want to take you out to lunch and pitch a business idea to you. So right. I mean, it's just, it's just the, you're right. I it think it's true to do with the business I'm in, right. It has absolutely yeah. zero to do with the content that I'm making on YouTube and everything to do with the fact that the guy respects me because I made content in a hobby right. that he enjoys. So yeah, it's crazy. But I think your lesson of, is true in life. 
people quit a step or two before they get the benefits, the accrued benefits for everything they did up to that point. That is such a life lesson. Thank you for sharing that. That probably worked in a bunch of other areas, which is a perfect segue for my next question for you, which is you're a serial entrepreneur. And one of the things that I found really curious about you and your brand is the ability to take lessons learned at poker and translate them into business for entrepreneurs. So can can you give us a little sense for how that works, how decision-making in business can be learned through the active playing of competitive poker? Well, I mean, I wasn't going to go this direction, but we talked about this already, so it's a, it's, a, it's a clear segue. We talked about this principle of asymmetry where most most benefit happens at the end and then all the benefit happens all at once. So it's, it's zero, zero, it's nothing, 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 all at once, <laughs> right? It's not linear. So uh, this is a concept that's very common in poker and it's common in multiple ways. So the first way that it's common is when you play a poker tournament, most of the time you have a result where you make no money. So most of the time you enter with you know $1,000 and you make zero. But you know once in a while, you're gonna win that tournament or get deep in the tournament and make $100,000. You're gonna 100X your money. And so there's this principle of asymmetry where you can risk a little bit and you can make a lot. And so in life, in, in, in relationships, in life, in business, I think you want to look for opportunities where there's asymmetry. There's a fixed downside where the downside is capped. The downside is always what you invest or what you put in or the risk. The downside is the risk, but that's contained and that's fixed and you can control that. You can plan for that. Okay. But the upside is basically uncapped. You don't want to go into opportunities where if you hit a home run, the home run won't get you out of bed. It won't excite you. It's not a big enough move where it actually materially changes your life or moves the needle in a direction that's significant. You want to look for opportunities instead that are the opposite of that, where if you lose, it's contained it down here. But if you win, it's, you know, three, five, 10, a hundred times the upside. And that's a principle that poker teaches you very often, because when you play some speculative hands, you know that it's a calculated risk and that it's a risk reward calculation. So you're risking maybe 1% of your stack, but if you win, you can double the entire 99X of the rest of your stack. So you know that it's not a gamble, it's a calculated risk. And that's the principle of asymmetry. Poker teaches you a lot of other things as well. So one of the things I think that's probably relevant to our discussion of like conscious poker is just that like, I think the idea of ego and self-awareness and improving your own character are very, very important pillars of poker because you're only as good as a player as you are as an individual. So if you have a problem, if you have a defect, I wouldn't call it a problem. If you have a defect, it will be manifested through the game of poker and you will pay for that with money. <laughs> That's the beautiful thing. Is that you have immediate feedback, right? There's a lot of narcissists. There's a lot of megalomaniacs that uh, you know don't necessarily ever have that negative feedback for their own defects. But if you are like that type of person, if you're like uh, you know egocentric, right, in poker, and you think you always deserve to win, you're always entitled to win, you're always used to winning at everything, nobody ever tells you no, you know, you're the best at everything you do, and then you sit down at the table, and you have that attitude, uh, you will likely bluff in a spot where you shouldn't bluff. You'll make a call at a spot where you shouldn't call. You'll try to play a hand against another person to show them you're a better player, mm-hmm. and then they're going to outplay you. And the beautiful thing about that is in the business world, you might not have someone tell you that you're a schmuck. But in the poker <laughs> world, you will lose that hand. You're going to lose the $1,000 that you put in the pot. So you have this immediate feedback loop every single time. And Freud says, you know, we run towards pleasure, but we what we really mainly do 
is our, you know, survival instincts, we run away from pain. And so when you feel that monetary pain, you know, you hit that, that, that dagger in the side of you every single time you lose all of your money. And then you're, you're completely humble, right? You're completely humble because everyone else is watching. You're the schmuck that just lost all your money. Everyone knows you made a mistake. You know, you made a mistake. You got reinforced that you just made a mistake because you lost all your money. You then have to turn around to ask, you know, the person that brings you the money to ask for more money. You have to take a thousand dollars out of your pocket. You have to ask the floor man. Everyone's watching you do this. You're sitting there in shame. And then you learn, you learn to be a better person in some way, shape or form. So there's something that you probably do that is a defect. You might not be disciplined. You might not be focused. You might have a big ego. You might be impatient, whatever it is. And all of those things are going to be manifested in the game of poker by you losing money. And that's a beautiful thing because then you will improve at that skill. There's only two outcomes on a long enough time horizon. You either will quit the game because you failed the test or you will improve your skill. You will level up your character until you can beat the game. And when you can beat the game, you've mastered yourself. That's a beautiful thing about the game of poker. It doesn't exist in other disciplines of life. Wow. That's... Boy, I wish we had more time to spend with you. You're a, you're a great guest. I told you at the top of the show, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have a great show for you today. Thank you. Tell me about the future, Alec. Where, where do you see your... Where, where's the company going? And, and what other visions do you have for the future? Well, it's a good question. Just grateful to be a part of the future, trying to stay present. One of the things I'm trying to do. So, um, I'd like to augment the things I've learned and the message I have to reach a wider audience and help more people on our journey. And so that obviously means doing more things like this that I'm really grateful to do. But it also means potentially scaling the business to be able to reach more people as well. And I feel that the business is a very unique thing because um, I noticed that as people progress through the levels and as they get better at mastering our content, they start with wanting to solve a problem of, I want to get better at this game of poker. You know, I have this frustrating, burning urge. I want to get better at this game. And then because a lot of the people that most of the people that come to us have another thing they do in life, they end up realizing that the way, the reason they got better at the game was because they leveled up their character. And then they took what they did mm. to get better at what they're actually doing. So they took the things that they've learned that we've taught them at Conscious Poker. And then they've brought that thing back to their main thing, right? And their main thing is very positive sum most of the time because they're successful people. Most people are doing good things in the world, producing valued things to society in their niche. So I feel like, okay, look, if I could help everyone get, you know, one or two or 5% better at what they're doing, because I teach performance, right? I'm in, I think I'm in really good shape. I eat very healthy. I meditate. I take cold showers. I try and do things every day to make me in a peak performance state of mind. I think good days aren't had, they're engineered. So I okay. teach my clients how to engineer having a great day. And they tell me, wow, you know, I get in this state of mind when I play poker that I'm on, I'm on a different level. I'm back to that competitive me when I was 27 and I was competing at whatever I was doing. I was 17, I was 25. And I take that with me to poker. And now that's addicting. That feeling is of high performance of being in the zone, especially as a competitive man, that is very addicting. And then they take that back to whatever they're doing and they do whatever they did a little bit better. Mm -hmm. So if I could have that ripple effect on more people where they're doing whatever they're doing a little bit better and they're five to 10% better at whatever they're doing. And that thing is influencing hundreds of thousands of other people. They're employing hundreds of thousands of people. They are you know, work, working with hundreds of thousands of people. They're serving hundreds of thousands of people. They're successful businessmen doing a lot of things in the, in the world. If I can then help them be better at what they're doing, that's that downstream ripple effect of, of the sort of the butterfly effect where my impact on, on 
the energy and content I'm putting out has this downstream effect that's hard to kind of quantify that is very motivating and exciting and inspiring for me. So I noticed that the biggest feedback and the best compliments I get are when the people that don't play poker for a living, they just come to me and they like poker. They tell me, hey, this actually helped me in this other area or facet of my life. That's how I know I'm on the right track. And that's the most rewarding thing for me. So I want to produce more things that get more of that result through through my effort and content and business in the poker world. And then outside the poker world, I really like investing. So I'm involved in a lot of uh, investment uh, vehicles, like in the real estate startup world um, and you know helping companies accelerate at an early stage. And so that's something I'm really passionate about as well, because again, you're, you're coming in at an early inflection point. Mm-hmm. And if you can help move the direction or the trajectory of that company by two, 3% over in a different direction, and you extrapolate that over 10,000 steps, you know, that you've heard that adage where like you go straight and you wind up in one country, but you move it the arc one degree and you wind up in a different country. Well, it's kind of like that sort of inflection point with helping a company start out in the early stages. If I can help the founder or the CEO or the marketing team make better decisions or help raise capital, you could really have a big downstream impact on everyone that company is serving. So those are things that are really exciting for me. It feels like that has the asymmetry that you were talking about earlier too. Right. It's like where, right. It's like, I heard a great thing and I guess, you know, I know we're out of time, but I heard a great thing where it was like, everyone has, um, you know, kind of a superpower. And I think the real challenge in life is becoming more self-aware to understand what that superpower is. And then always pulling that lever of like, where is my time spent where it's the highest productivity use of actually my time. And so I really, I'm very mindful of that. I know there's a lot of opportunities I could be doing. I'm really grateful for that, especially with my brand that I built, like opportunities now just come to me and I'm, I'm extremely humbled and grateful for that. But it's like, I, I saying no is not a bad thing. Saying no is about saying yes to other things. And so I'm really yes. focused on like where my time is the best spent that I can have the, the impact at the highest level. And so that's, um, that's a fun game too. So we are out of time, but I can't let you go without asking, how does someone find you online? Okay. Thank you for the plug. Uh, real quick. If you want to get a hold of me, uh, alectorelli.com, just my name, A-L-E-C-T-O-R-E-L-L-I.com. That's a lot more about me. You can also click on learn poker and you'll go to my website, consciouspoker.com, where if you specifically want to get better at poker, we have a ton of resources there for you uh, that you know, many are totally free. And then I'm on social media everywhere at Alec Torelli. So Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, uh, come find me anywhere. I'm very friendly. I respond to all my DMs. Um, <laughs> I'm very active on social too. So I'd love to say hi and get to know you guys as well. Uh, come say hi. I'm also based in OC, so I'd love to make some new friends. Come come reach out. You can never have enough friends, Alec. And thank you for your time yeah. today. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Rick. Really appreciate you having me. And thanks to the audience. You've been a part of Orange County's longest running business talk show. If you'd like to be a guest on our show because you're an entrepreneur in Orange County, you have a story to tell, then find me on LinkedIn. I'm Rick, R-I-C, Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. Coincidentally, that's also my uh, website. And until next time we have a chance to be together, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. 